When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Indianapolis Colts absolutely dominated the Pittsburgh Steelers in the trenches on Saturday. Both the offensive line and the defensive line had their way, and it led to a huge victory. Is that the game plan to get the Colts the AFC South crown? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Horseshoe Huddle Halftime, a special audio-only episodes of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast brought to you by FanNationOnSI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and as always, I'm joined here with my fellow analyst, Drake Wally. Drake, it seemed like the, the reason the Colts had so much success against the Steelers on Saturday was because of that trench play. You know, the offensive line uh, was able to, to move things and, and, and get the ground game going. The defensive line put consistent pressure on the Steelers' quarterback. And in my opinion, I think that unlocks what the Colts really need to do moving forward if they want to not only uh, uh, secure and, and, and pull off this upset to get the, the division, but just make the playoffs in general. Yeah. And hey, man, you know, when you have limitations at quarterback and you got your backup in there and he's not really very mobile, doesn't really have a deep arm and you're kind of limited at playmaker, even with Michael Pittman Jr. in there, even with Zach Moss in there, you got to have strong offensive line play and you got to have strong defensive line play. And that goes for the defense, too. You got a bunch of young secondary uh, players out there, guys like Juju Brantz, guys like uh, Jalen Jones. You know, I know Kenny Moore's the veteran, but then you've got Still pretty young guys like Daryl Baker Jr. as well. So uh, young guys in the secondary safety and guys that are developing and turning into stars at linebacker and, and bona fide starters. So, man, I think it's really looking back on the last uh, 14 games for the Colts, man. I got to say, I think that it really is the trench play on both sides of the ball that has helped lead them to these eight wins. They should be nine, but we're not going to get into that. That's that's old news. But um it's, it's definitely the defensive line and the offensive line. And we're going to get into it, but two very, very crucial parts of this Colts team that they're going to need in spades if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about the trench play and really focus in on the offensive and defensive lines, what we expect out of them uh, uh, over these final three weeks of the season and and really what they need to do uh, for each opponent to to accomplish that, for the Colts to win out and, and, and get into the playoffs. But before we do that, I wanted to remind everyone to please go follow us on all of our socials. Go like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live every monday and thursday night with the holiday season right around the corner our schedule might get changed a little bit so hitting that bell make sure you never miss an 
an episode. But if you can't catch us live, wherever you are listening to us today, we really hope you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so you get, so we can reach other Colts fans just like you, and you won't ever miss an episode, especially for Horseshoe Huddle halftime. So, Drake, let's let's look at the offensive line first because uh, I think that's that may, that's the unit that we have seen I think continually get better throughout the season. You know, Bernard Ryman has certainly been uh, uh, someone that has ascended to being a, a very, not, a, not even just a serviceable left tackle. He's, in my opinion, become a franchise left tackle the way he's playing. And I think he's only going to continue to get better. The interior where you've got pro bowlers, Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly back to playing at top form. Braden Smith has been a little bit banged up because uh, with some injuries, but when he has been in, it's been hard to find a better right tackle in the NFL. And then of course the ascension of Will Fries that a lot of us never really saw coming uh, being asserting himself as a starting guard in the NFL. So kind of talk to me about what you think of, this of this Colts offensive line at the moment and and what do you expect from from this unit uh, throughout these final three weeks of the season you know I, I think coming into the season the only guy you really thought he's going to be just fine is Quentin Nelson I mean Will Fry struggled badly in the passing game Ryan Kelly was coming off of an uh, of a down year uh, Bernard Ryman while he did show an upward tick in 2022 he was also a rookie that struggled mightily when he first got thrown into the fray and then Braden Smith you know he had kind of been on and off a little bit with the rest of the team. So I think you got to look at this group and you got to be super proud. I mean, they're, they're uh, tied for the eighth least amount of sacks with a bunch of other teams, uh, you know, in all fairness, but I mean, they have, uh, I believe 33 allowed on the season. And this is with a dude that does not move very well outside of the pocket. Okay. He doesn't escape the pocket. He's not going to outrun anybody in Gardner Minshew. So I think that when you look at, especially guys like Bernard Ryman, especially guys like Will Fries, and especially guys like Ryan Kelly, Bernard Ryman's playing like the best left tackle any given Sunday. Uh, Ryan Kelly has been the best center in football uh, through multiple weeks. Quentin Nelson is playing very strong football. I, the, the, I think you mentioned it in our last episode. Anyone who thinks that he's regressing, that's crazy. He's out there playing great football and opening up incredible lanes for guys like Tyler Goodson and Trey Sermon. And then, of course, Braden Smith, who's who's been very, very solid when he's been able to stay healthy. Um, but also Will Fries, man, he's made me really eat my words. I, I thought they needed to sign a free agent in the offseason, and there's a reason they stuck with him. He's showing why, and uh, hey, this offensive line is looking as good as any right now, and this is what you need at this point in the season, and especially if you get into the playoffs, you need elite line play on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. And just looking at what they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh. I mean, the Colts rushed for 170 yards, averaged five yards per carry against the Steelers. Really, I mean, and that's not going up against uh, a team that that has a bunch of uh, a bunch of. Uh, low quality players on the defensive side of the ball you're talking about tj watt alex highsmith cam hayward some pro bowl all pro level guys there so we talk about that offensive line really really dominated and set the tone uh for for that game and i think that's what they need to do moving forward just taking a look at these final three games the colts are traveling to atlanta this weekend obviously you're dealing with guys like grady Jarrett up front and and the atlanta defense i don't think really has been uh, uh, the problem. It's been mostly the the Atlanta Falcons offense. So uh, when you're talking about uh, uh, being able to to defend against against the run or the pass, uh, uh, the Falcons are, are about about 
in within the top 10 or so uh, in total defense going up against the run. Uh, uh, you, you see the, the Falcons kind of are about middle of the pack. So that gives the, the Colts another opportunity to really dominate the line of scrimmage going up against the, the Las Vegas Raiders at home in, in week 17. Max Crosby is there, but outside of that, there's really not another guy on that defensive line that scares you. And then going up against the Texans, uh, uh, Zach Moss and, and the Colts have already dominated the Texans on the ground earlier this season. And with Anthony Richardson going for two touchdowns as well. So that's going to be an opportunity for this Colts offensive line to, to continue to keep things going, you know, continue to, to dominate up front. I think that's going to be crucial because as we saw in that Steelers game, and I think as we've seen multiple times, that's been a, a huge key for this Colts team this year is when they dominate up front, when they're able to establish the run, not put all of the pressure on Gardner Minshew to play hero ball. That's when this offense is at their best. And, and I think with these, these three remaining matchups, the Colts offensive line, I think you can expect them to, to play very well, especially if Braden Smith comes back uh, here fairly soon from that knee injury. It, you replace Blake Freeland with, with Braden Smith and buddy, this offensive line, it could be eating this final, these final three weeks of the season and, and getting really hot as they enter as they possibly enter the playoffs. Yeah, and I think you saw the height of what this offensive line could do against the Pittsburgh Steelers because of the fact that you had some of those names you mentioned uh, in Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, and TJ Watt. But you also had, not taking anything away from Tyler Goodson or Trey Sermon, man, the offensive line did not skip a freaking beat. It was almost like Zach Moss never left the game. It was almost like Blake Freeland was playing like Braden Smith near the end of the game. Of course, he struggled. But in those last few quarters, Blake Freeland was hitting his run blocks too, which is his strength. So, Man, you get Braden Smith back, though. You're not kidding. That is a team you just don't want to play. You don't want to play a team that can block that well and they can hit you that hard, especially late in the game. Now let's turn it over to the defensive side of the ball, Drake. The defensive line for the Indianapolis Colts. A couple weeks ago against the Cincinnati Bengals, nowhere to be seen you know they they you, they weren't getting pressure on on Jake Browning the the run game for the uh, uh for the or the run game for the Bengals was able to take off so you were really wondering where did this unit go then this week or this past week against the Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely dominated the the Steelers offensive line four sacks uh numerous quarterback hits and tackles for loss it, they really never allowed Mitchell Trubisky to get comfortable at all. They were consistently hounding him. They only allowed uh, 74 yards on the ground by the Pittsburgh Steelers, a 3.1 average yards per carry. So this defensive line really got after it. And and on their the, it really this whole year, they've been able to get after the quarterback, 46 sacks, tying the Indy franchise record. This defensive line is, is very formidable. And and I think they've showed that night they've showed it all year. Then they'll continue to to have to do that through these final three weeks. Yeah, and hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers walked into that game, you know, not an elite offense by any means, but they ran the ball pretty well. And they had Jalen Warren, who's your elusive guy and your pass catching specialist. And then they had Najee Harris, who's kind of like the jab, the constant, and the big body blow. You know, he's he's really the big. Uh, the chain mover, if you will. And the Colts just punched them right in the mouth. And look, this is no offense to a Mike Tomlin team, but if you can't run the ball, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Mike Tomlin era, 
it's not easy to win. It just isn't. I think the, the most crisp passing they've ever had was with Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. That was a while ago. So um, I, they took everything away from the Pittsburgh Steelers offensively. Yes, the Colts started off 13 to nothing, but those were th- those were plays that were circumstantial, I think, in my opinion. I think that, you know, you get to block punt and then you get a score and then, you know, it, you're down a lot all of a sudden. But you really started to see the defensive line's talent take over as the game went on. Guys like Samson Ebicom, Dio Dangbo, uh, 1.5 sack of p- sacks apiece. And, you know, now Samson Ebicom leads the team with nine and a half. Dio's right behind him with eight. Those are two guys that are pretty close to 10. Um, boy, you talk about a defensive front. I think they currently have tied the Indianapolis era sack record. Yep, they um, have. Still have three games left. They're probably going to beat it. Um, but hey, man, they're one of the top teams in the NFL right now in sacks. And don't be surprised if that continues. They have some really favorable matchups coming up. And when you when you look again, let's just, just take a look at the schedule this week against the Atlanta Falcons. It was it came out on Tuesday that it will not be Desmond Ritter at quarterback for the Falcons. It will be Taylor Heineke last year uh, against the Colts when Heineke was still with the Washington Commanders threw for 273 yards uh, and a touchdown, I think, in, in a victory for the Washington Commanders. So the Colts know that the Heineke can it can certainly be effective. But when you look at this Atlanta Falcons offense as a whole, I mean, they only average about 200 yards per game on the uh, uh, through the air. They're they're definitely better on the ground when you have guys like uh, like Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Those guys can definitely definitely make some plays. But the, the Colts, I think, are, have a very good opportunity to really get after these guys, really get after get after the Atlanta Falcons, have to keep Taylor Heineke probably in the well, keep him more in the, in the pocket uh, rather than, than getting him outside. But I think this Colts defense is more than capable of doing that. Then, then the next week against the, uh, uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders, looks like Aiden O'Connell is going to be the quarterback, the rookie out of Purdue for the Raiders that weekend. The Colts trying to get after him. He's not very mobile at all. Colts can really get after the rookie quarterback, force him into some mistakes. And then finally, at the end, uh, that Week 18 matchup with the Texans, we all know what C.J. Stroud has been able to do as a rookie, but if there's one, if there's a, the biggest weakness that, that we've seen from CJ Stroud, this goes back all the way back to his college days when he's facing pressure, he he's definitely not as accurate like most quarterbacks are. So really getting after these guys, getting after these, these young quarterbacks, I think is going to be crucial for the Colts success. Not only that, but making sure you contain the run game. Grover Stewart is back. And since Grover Stewart has returned from his suspension, the run defense for the Colts has been night and day. So so they're they're getting hot at the right time, and and when you talk about this unit, Drake, you mentioned it. Samson Ebicom with nine and a half sacks, Dio Dangbo with eight, Quiddy Pay seven and a half, DeForest Buckner with six. You don't have a a TJ Watt, a Miles Garrett, a Josh Allen that's getting fifteen sacks in a season, but you could potentially have three guys in Ebicom, uh, uh, Odangbo, and Pay that each finished this season with more than 10 sacks. I don't think that's happened in Indianapolis. I don't know if it's happened ever, but it certainly hasn't happened in a very, very long time. So this group doesn't have maybe an all pro pass rusher, but they have really good pass rushers, really solid pass rushers all up and down the defensive line. And it certainly shows as the Colts are, I think third in the NFL in sacks at 46, like you said. 
Yeah, and hey, between just those four names, that's 31 sacks. I think you'll mm-hmm. take that over 16 from one guy. You know, I mean, hey, that's that's pressure from all across the line, from the left, the middle, and the right. I mean, that's coming from everywhere. So um, I, I think that the, the big matchup, as everyone is talking about, is the Houston Texans. But, man, I cannot stress enough. I, I think I still think Taylor Heineke is far more dangerous than Desmond Ritter. This is no offense to Falcons fans, but Desmond Ritter just – He's just not good. Okay. He just turns the ball over all the time, fumbles it all the time. They get like 11 fumbles on the season, which is astronomical. So uh, I think Heineke is obviously an upgrade, but man, that's a really unsure Atlanta offense. They don't, they've switched from Ritter to Heineke, back to Ritter, now back to Heineke. Uh, So it's happened twice now. Um, Big opportunity to get after him. They haven't done the best job at protecting the quarterback. And then Aiden O'Connell, again, I understand. Antonio uh, Antonio Pierce has done a great job filling in as the head coach, uh, interim coach, and they did a great job against the Chargers without Josh Jacobs. Um, but look, man, Aiden O'Connell, I think that was a game that was indicative of of a very stru- a very much struggling Chargers team. And I think the Colts can get after Aiden O'Connell. I re- Aiden O'Connell, I really think they can make him look like an immobile rookie, and they can really make him pay uh, if he stays in the pocket too long. And they'll be playing at home too, so watch out for those two games ahead of the Houston Texans matchup to end the year. Yeah, and and really just just to kind of summarize everything. I mean, what does Chris Ballard talk about almost every single year? We're going to be obsessed with the trenches, obsessed with the, the O-line and the D-line. And usually when when is that when does that come into play uh, uh, as far as level of importance? What time of year? Right now, in December and January football, granted, the Colts are playing indoors in every single one of these games. Atlanta is indoors in their final two games are at Lucas Oil Stadium, so maybe it doesn't have that as big of an impact, say, if they were playing outdoors. But at the same time, we're getting late in the season. Guys aren't, aren't nearly as, as rested and as fresh as they would be. Guys are fatigued. So being able to go out there and impose your will, dominate uh, in the trenches, it it's just makes things so much easier easier for for your offense and for your defense to be able to succeed so i think for the colts to win the afc south they're obviously going to have to win out jacksonville's going to have to to lose one of these final three games but to to really ensure that the colts do win out and have the best chance to do that it's got to be that they've got to be dominant up front on both sides. Offensive line has to get that run game going and protect Gardner Minshew, make sure it's not all on his shoulders. And that defensive line needs to be relentless, attacking those quarterbacks and making sure they never get comfortable to allow these offenses to get going. Yeah. And hey, if they play anything like they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I understand the matchup. I understand the, the you know, the ranks of the, the different statistical categories. But if they play like that, they play with that tenacity on the defensive and offensive side of the ball, especially in the trenches, man, they have a really good chance to shock the entire NFL world and win the AFC South, which I still can't believe I just said that. Yeah, pretty crazy when considering what we were talking about at the beginning of September. So that's our show for today, guys. Really appreciate you listening in to, to our Horseshoe Huddle Halftime episode. As I say every week, Drake and I have a lot of fun doing these these little mini episodes and, and talking about some different topics. So if you haven't done so, again, please go follow us on all of our socials. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever 
whenever Drake and I are going live every Monday and Thursday night, so you never miss an episode. And if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, don't worry. Wherever you're listening to us today, make sure you're subscribed and give us that five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you, and you'll never miss an episode on here as well. Go follow Drake at Drake on X. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Thursday night live on YouTube to give you the keys to victory for the Indianapolis Colts over the Atlanta Falcons with special guest Scott Kennedy. So you won't want to miss that one. And until then, Colts fans, enjoy your week, and we'll see you Thursday night.